All right. It is October 26th. Quintus Curtius here, and we're back with the podcast. I haven't done a podcast in a while. I think it's been probably a couple weeks. And um, you know how it is sometimes. If you don't really have anything to say, sometimes it's better not to say anything at all. So that's why I've been off the mic and uh, active on Twitter as always, but not so much on podcasts. But uh, I wanted to do a, a type of a podcast I haven't done in a while, which is just answer some questions from different guys here that send questions in. And, um, you know, nothing, uh, no earth shattering questions of, uh, you know, earth shaking importance, but just still kind of uh, interesting questions here. I, I told these guys that I'd answer their questions, so I wanted to do that. All right, so this, uh, the first first set of questions here, there's three of them. And this is from uh, a guy, he describes himself as a 24-year-old male. And he says he got his uh, got his degree recently, and he's he's uh, at, at, a, at a pretty good school. I don't want to give too many details here, but he works at, a, at an, uh, a finance industry job. And he's a pretty uh, pretty literate guy, pretty well-spoken, well, uh, well-read guy. So uh, he's got some questions, and I, I, you know, sometimes it's funny how people ask questions. <laughs> people ask questions that you just, um, you know, sometimes you just kind of say to yourself, "But well, I wonder why, why, uh, why that's weighing on his mind." But that's okay. I obviously there's always some. It always comes down to advice. There's always something going on in, in these guys' minds that, that that prompts them to ask. There's always a reason. Sometimes I can. Almost always I can discern it, but sometimes I get curveballs. I get curveballs balls thrown at me here. So uh, anyway, the first his first question, he says here, for relationships with the opposite gender, how important are shared political views? I believe that a female who is apathetic towards politics is the easiest to gel with. Do you? Well, all right, first of all, dude, you know, you shouldn't be talking about politics with a girl you're trying to meet anyway for the first. Politics, you know, serious subjects like politics, things like that, that should only be reserved for really, really close, you know, that that's girlfriend, that that's like serious girlfriend type conversations, okay? If you're trying to if you're meeting someone for the first time or if you're even at, at the beginning stages of, of that, of, of relationships and, and uh, you know, you're trying to make an impression and politics should be the very last thing, the very last, the very last thing on your mind. Don't even get into that. It never, it never turns out well. It never works out well. It's always just a dodge or a smokescreen to avoid talking or, or doing other things. So don't even bother. And it, it, it just never, no matter what you say, it's never going to come out right. And it just, it's just a joy killer subject. It's, it, it ruins the mood. It ruins the, that, that, that uh, nice, that nice subdued tension that you get when you talk to a girl for the first time or the first opening stages of relationships so don't kill the vibe. Don't kill the joy. Don't even get into politics. I mean, you shouldn't. Serious subjects, never. In fact, there are some guys that would go so far as to say you should never talk about politics in general with with basically anybody, especially with with girls. Now, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go that 
far. I, I think there are, you know, someone, a girl who's really kind of cool, a girl who's cool, who knows what's up, who's got her head screwed on right, and can who can talk about things in a in a rational way and and a mature way. Then that's fine. But even then, it should only be somebody that that you you you've already been with for a long, long time because, you know, it's just. It's just one of those subjects, man, that just doesn't doesn't turn out well. So don't so avoid that. I'm going to say avoid, avoid that subject. All right. Second question, he says, should I send my future children to a private prep school? Jesus, dude, what are you thinking? What are all these serious questions, man? Should I send my future children to a private slash prep school, elementary and high school? I think this is the easiest way to surround my child with winners. Is there any reason not to do this? Will my child come out soy, <laughs> soy or coddled? Is it worth the money? Fuck, man. You don't even have kids yet and you're already thinking about this shit. Why are you thinking about this? What's going on? What are you, what's, what are you, what are you avoiding? There's something going, you're avoiding something. Nobody asks a question like this who's serious about this question. My guess is you're hiding something. All right. I'm going to answer your question. But I think it's a bullshit question because I think you're dodging something. I think this is this question is a bullshit smokescreen. Just the way it's worded. Private prep school. First of all, there's just as many assholes in private schools there in public schools. Okay, the, distrib- the distribution of assholes in the world is pretty evenly spread. They're rich, they're poor, they're short, they're tall, they're fat, they're thin. They're everywhere. All right? There's a statistical distribution to that that averages out. All right? Now... I don't know jack shit about private schools. I never went to private schools. I went to small, I grew up in a small town in New England. I went to public schools my entire life. Uh, It wasn't in the cards for me. It wasn't, my family didn't have the resources to do that. Now, that's neither, I'm not saying that uh, to give you a, 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 it's neither good nor bad. It is what it is. No matter where you are, you will adjust, you will figure it out. There are just as many successes who come from private schools. There are just as many successes that come from public schools. And I'm sure eventually, once we get enough of a critical mass, there's probably probably going to be just as many homeschooled people that are successful. Although I, that's not something that I would really want. Uh you know, I would not want to do that. I just think socialization is a good, I think you can supplement with teaching your kids stuff at home, but I think I think it's important to get people together, get kids together and, and learn how to get along with each other in groups. But, um, so this, this myth, now, okay, having said all that, a lot of this shit depends on, it just fucking depends, man. It depends where you live. If Do you live in an area? If someone lives in an area where the public schools are just complete, you know, dog shit, and they're not safe, and you're not getting a good education, and there's literally no chance of that, then okay, yeah, you you take remedial steps if you can afford it, if you can afford it. If you can't, guess what? You're going to have to go to the public schools. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it like all the rest of us dealt with it. So, you know, coddling people, sending them to private schools, yeah, I, I you know, this is, you know... This is one of those questions and topics where you get really people come down on different sides of the equation. I mean, my my father came from the school of thought where you know he believed in in sort of the sweat of your brow. You know, I, I never, I always had jobs. I had blue collar jobs when I was in high school. I worked at a a factory. I worked at a uh, you know, I worked at a um, uh, 
you know, a, a, a fish processing plant. I worked at a clothing store as a kind of a runner. I mean, it's just, you know, so there was none of this, uh, you know, work in a nice environment. And I, mean, I was in with, you know, the average guy. And I think that was, I think that was good, you know, for me at that time. But I, I, I do recognize that, you know, there's another school of thought too that says that, you know, you, you want to, there is something to be said for surrounding a, a, a child who's got gifts, who's who's got ability, who has real intellectual ability with with like-minded people, because you can you can damage people, you can, I don't know, you you can kind of mess people up if you stick them in with the dregs if they don't belong there, and that's a that's a tough call to make, and you've really got to evaluate that on a case by case basis, but if you're asking me my opinion, and you are. Don't worry about private slash public schools. Why are you even worrying about that? You're not even married. You don't have a kids. You shouldn't even be thinking about that. Don't worry about that. When the time comes, you'll know what to do. You'll take a look around yourself. You'll look, you'll, you'll investigate. You'll do your homework. You'll look at the public schools and see if they're worth anything. And then you'll look at the private schools and look at the bills and see how much you can, if you can afford it. And uh, you'll make the right decision. All right. So. I just think it's just uh, I, I I think this idea that you have that there's one royal road to geometry, you know, there is no royal road to geometry. That's a famous expression from the ancient times. Uh, I forget exactly the circumstances, but someone told a uh, I think a, 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 one of the Syracusan kings that there's look everyone has got to everyone has to learn there's no royal road maybe in euclid or archimedes i can't remember exactly who said that but there's no royal road to to geometry whether you're rich whether you're poor whether you are a a uh, a a king or whether you are a uh, fish fishmonger you're going to have to pay your dues everybody pays their dues all right this third question and i don't know where where this is coming from is there any cure to chronic homelessness well, fuck, man. You know, I mean, I guess not since there's been homeless people since the beginning of time. Uh, what is the proper approach to eradicating vagrancy in inner cities? Well, the proper approach is to first identify where they're coming from and then see if you can rectify the situation. I mean, look, homeless homeless people come in all, they're all, this is a scary thing, they come in all varieties. There are people that are true down and outers, like people that have drug problems, mental problems. Then there are people that simply are just down on their luck, who, who for whatever reason, they don't have a support network. They lost their job either through an illness or, uh, uh, you know, some other reason they lost a job and they just can't afford where they are. So it's it's not a place you want to go. It's not a place you want to, it's, 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 a, it's a, frankly, it's a terrifying prospect and you don't ever want to be in that situation, okay? And he says, and, and, you know, the people that truly do, you know, the people that are mentally ill and can't function normally, you know, and, and the drug addicts, in, in days, in, in eras past, there used to be such a thing as asylums where there were places where the public would support institutions that were supported by the public and that you could uh, lodge people that truly had mental diseases or defects and they couldn't take care of themselves or they, they were a danger to themselves or others. A lot of that is gone now. And so they've dumped 
because our society does not want to deal with mental illness, they want to dump all these guys on the street. And that's where they end up, is they end up on the street. It's very sad. It's very sad. And I wish that I had the answer to that. I wish that I had all the answers, but I don't. In, in my personal opinion, I do feel that we need to reinvest as a society very much in our mental health capabilities. Because in my job, I see a lot of mental problems that go unaddressed. And what happens is when they go unaddressed, they end up uh, erupting in bad ways. So, you know, we, we, we should do that. I think any advanced and compassionate society has to have a provision for taking care of the elderly, for the aged, for, for the people who are ill, who are sick, uh, hospices. Uh, there should, and there should be provisions for asylums for people who can't take care of themselves. But we don't do that. You know, now because the problem is no one wants to pay for it. You know, we want to pay for all this other stuff. We want to pay for all these other huge expenditures that are unnecessary, but nobody wants to pay for social um, social health. But, you know, there are other people that may see things differently, but that's my opinion. And yeah, there's always going to be people. He says, are, will there always be a fringe element which will sleep on the streets regardless of environment? Yeah, there always will be, of course. But that doesn't mean that we can't still be compassionate to our fellow man. And this is one thing I want to say about this subject. One thing, don't ever lord it over other people. Don't ever think you're better than other people. Don't ever treat people that you see on the street. I'm not saying you have to go out of your way to give people money. I'm not saying you have to go out of your way to to uh, humor every uh, panhandler. It's not what I'm saying at all. But don't ever be cruel to people. Don't ever treat people with disdain or condescension. Because remember, it could be you. It could be you. Say, for you, say to yourself, there for the grace of God go I. It could have been me. It could have been me. And the scary thing about life is that uh, there's very few barriers sometimes that can separate someone who is walking on the sidewalk with a suit on and the guy sitting on the sidewalk dressed in rags things can happen things can happen you know don't ever don't ever take what you have for granted and never treat people with no matter no matter what no matter what they are whether they are are beggars with uh you know uh uh terminal diseases okay and he says how do you personally treat beggars when they approach you well it depends most of the time i I'm, i just i just walk i, I just you know uh keep walking and uh, if I'm in a good mood or something, yeah, I mean, I'll, I can, you know, you, you can give a person uh, a few coins if you feel up to it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not required to do that. What you are required to do is, is not to disrespect other people. Don't ever disrespect other people, no matter who they are, because you never know when those bad things can come back to you. And, they, and, and in, in life, it does come back to you. Believe me. Believe me, it does. All right, that finishes my first set of questions here. There's another email that I got from another gentleman, and he's got some different questions here. He says, uh, okay, he says, one thought I've been grappling with lately is balancing duty to one's loved ones with duty to one's self. He says, uh, sometimes I struggle to do or say what I think is right, even though I know the consequences will be painful. How do I balance my need to do that when I'm afraid the consequences will rebound, uh, you know, will will come back to hurt uh, those that I care about. Um, any thoughts you have on this subject? Okay, so 
All right, so this is a question. Basically, what he's asking is, how do you balance your duty to your loved ones, to your family, with your duty to oneself? This is a great question. And there's not a lot out there about this. But this is what I'll say about it, some comments here. Number one, your primary responsibility in life is to yourself. Okay, we live in an era where family and clan are important, okay, but not as important as, say, you know, 2,000 years ago. Now, that varies from culture to culture, and this is there's no one rule across the board. Some cultures, family and clan are very, very strong. So this is not, this advice is not universally applicable. But I will say in general that your primary function is to keep yourself alive, clothed, fed, and productive. Okay, everything else has to be subordinated to that primary function. Okay, so that's the number one thing. Now, where where you fall on that spectrum in terms of your your allegiance or your duty to family or clan, that's going to depend on each person. Okay, people vary greatly in the amount of obligation they feel to their family members. Families are all different. Cultures are very different. Okay, backgrounds. Asia, India, Europe, Africa, South America, North America. They're all very different. Even within those countries, there's many variations. So there's no one rule. Okay, but cultural differences, personal preferences, family dynamics, all of these play a part. There is no one ideal family model. Things are all over the board. So you, so you should not try to judge yourself by what other people are doing. So you're, that's, that's the second point that I'm making here is that that's something you're going to have to figure out on your own. No one can tell you that. Your degree of obligation towards your loved ones versus your degree of obligation towards yourself is going to vary. For some people, they feel absolutely no obligation towards their family members. For some other people, they feel a huge, a tremendous obligation to the, to the extent that they're almost willing to sacrifice their own well-being for other people. So it all, it all depends. Okay, It depends on on you really all right the third point is learn how to say no learn how to say no this is very very important this and what i'm getting at here is do not be driven by guilt do not do things out of a sense of guilt do not do things out of a sense of what might happen to you if you don't do it because then you're not thinking after yourself you're thinking about others to a destructive extent Okay, far more harm and evil has come in the world, I think, from doing things that never should have been done. All right? And it's also we have to look at the dynamics, the psychological dynamics here. It's an odd feature of human nature that kindnesses extended to family members in need are often not appreciated. Not only are they not appreciated, they are sometimes rewarded with sullen resentment with sullen resentment. So not only do you not get any thanks, you get actually, you actually get active uh, hostility. So this is why you have to learn how to say no. If someone asks, if some cousin asks you for a loan, you have no right, you have no obligation to do that. If a brother or sister asks you to do this or that, you don't want to do it, say, say, I don't want to do it. That's it. Learn how to say no. Okay, now the fourth point is the degree of responsibility that you owe, it's almost like gravity. The farther out you go in the family connection 
or degree of consanguinity, the less immediate your obligation becomes. As the scope widens, the degree of responsibility diminishes. What I mean by that is you're going to have a very you're going to typically have much more of a stronger obligation to immediate family members, brother, sister, mother, father, than to extended family members like cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, uncles, aunts, things like that. It's a it's a it's a scope of responsibility. It's a it's a it's a scope of responsibility, and that force. Uh, uh, varies as uh, the farther out you go. All right. Now, the fifth and final issue is, I will say, is be patient with your family, but establish boundaries. Where you draw these lines has to be a personal decision. All right. I tend to err on the side of patience, but after a certain point, people need to be told in no uncertain terms that you've done all you can do and you're not going to do any more. So you need to establish boundaries with people, with family members, with friends, loved ones, everybody. So if you can keep those five points in mind, then that will help you learn how to draw the line as to the degree of responsibility you owe yourself versus the degree of responsibility you owe to others, to family members. All right, so that's it. Until next time, keep the morale up and go get them.